This podcast is brought to you by Living Waters Church, Kyabram. You can visit us at www.lwkyabram.com. Old tradition in the Old Testament that was celebrated every year. So it was the Festival of Weeks or Festival of Harvest, I think it's also called. And so it was celebrated every year. But what happened was the Holy Spirit actually came um, and visited the church, visited the new believers in a special way at Pentecost, which is why that um, churches that believe in the Holy Spirit and is of, uh, often referred to as Pentecostal churches. Um, so really, this weekend is our birthday. You know, it's pretty well recognised that Pentecost is the birth of the modern day church. And so, you know, tomorrow, I just want to encourage you to wake up and go, you know what, it's my birthday. Yeah, doesn't matter what your natural birthday is, but you know, you can wake up tomorrow and go, you know what, it's my birthday. Because um, if you're a born again believer, you're part of the church. And so that means that it's part your birthday. So that's good. So this weekend, um, I have the privilege of speaking three times over this weekend, uh, tonight, tomorrow morning, and also at Rushworth. Uh, tomorrow afternoon at four o'clock, and I'll be focusing purely on the Holy Spirit, His work in our life, and what He does for us, and what He does to us, etc., etc. So, tonight I've entitled my message, what will, you, what will You Do With Your Suddenly? Now, I know that's quite a wordy title, so I'll give you a little bit of time to write that down, because you should be taking notes. Just check in, look at this, 100% in the front row. Let's give this front row over here a hand. I assume they're taking notes and not on Facebook. All those ones on the phone. Yeah, yeah, that's good. A couple of them turned their phone around. The others are going, no, I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, front row here as well, taking notes. Let's give this front row a hand. Hey, I reckon we've got 100% front row taking notes tonight. Have we, Fred? Yes. <laughs> you, you have now. <laughs> All righty. Very good. How about second row? Yeah, I reckon second row is pretty close as well. Third row? No, you're not third. You're fourth. Fourth row as well. Hey, we might even have close to 100% taking notes tonight, almost. That's pretty exciting. A lot of time and effort goes into making messages and putting these together, and so it's good because who knows? God might say something to you tonight, and you might need to reflect on it and go back over it at some point um, in the next week or month or year or whatever it be. Um, So I'd encourage you to take notes. My practice in church is I take notes every time. Every time I'm in a, in a meeting, I take notes. Whether I ever refer to them again, I don't know. You know, but there might be a time when I refer to them again. There might not be. I might never refer to them again, but I find it helps to get it into my thick skull because sometimes our brain is pretty thick. You know, our cranium is, is quite a hard bone. I mean, go like this. You'll feel your cranium. It's pretty hard. And so sometimes it takes a little bit for it to go into my cranium, and so taking notes helps me to open up another learning gate in my life. Because what I'm doing is I'm visually seeing as I'm hearing and I'm visually writing as well. And so it just helps me to remember what's being said. So what will you do with you suddenly? Hopefully you've written that down by now. Let's go to Acts chapter 2 verse 1. Acts chapter 2 verse 1. So right off the bat tonight, I just want to encourage you that the Holy Spirit is not a dove. The Holy Spirit is not fire. The Holy Spirit is not wind. The Holy Spirit is not breath. The Holy Spirit is not some of the images that we see him presented as in the Bible. Holy Spirit is the third person of the Godhead. So that means that he's a person of the Godhead, just like Jesus is and just like Father God is. 
And so what that means for me personally, when I pray, I'm able to pray to the Holy Spirit as well. Now, some traditions say, well, you can't pray to the Holy Spirit because he's wind or he's fire or he's breath or he's, he's, he's a bird. You know, don't be praying to birds. Birds are scary animals, are they not? Honestly, I've had birds scare the living heebie-jeebies out of me at different times in my life. I remember driving between Mildura and um, uh, Broken Hill, and those emus, they're big birds. And when they're running by the side of the road, get their head wobble and that sort of stuff, you know that that bird is not thinking about you travelling along at 110 kilometres an hour next to it. You know that it's just focused on where it's going. And all of a sudden it'll go, left, I'll write your car off. That's why you need a bull bar. So birds can be, see the Holy Spirit's not a bird. He's actually a person. So therefore we can pray, we can relate to him as a person because that's who he is. The Bible describes him as our helper, one who comes beside and helps us. The one who comes beside and helps us in our journey. So Acts chapter 2 verses 1 through to 3 says this, On the day of Pentecost, so the day of the festival that was already organized, all believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, turn the person next to you and say suddenly. Come on church, all of a sudden they were meeting together to do what they've done a hundred times before. Well not really a hundred because that would mean that they were over 100 years old because they used to do it once a year. But it's like they were at this point where it was like they were into something that was quite ordinary and something they knew well, but suddenly God decided to change things up. I love it most times when God changes it up. I don't love it every time because sometimes when God changes things up, it makes me uncomfortable because we're creatures of habit and we're creatures of routine. But all of a sudden, something different had happened. Because, see, the disciples were told by Jesus to go to the upper room and wait for the promise that the Father was going to send them. And so they were meeting together in one place in obedience to Jesus Christ. And suddenly something happened. See, they were doing all sorts of things. There was a business meeting conducted. You might say, well, how do you know there was a business meeting conducted, Pastor Trevor? Because the Bible tells us that they elected a new disciple to replace Judas. And the way they elected that disciple was that they cast lots to find out who would be the 12th and the replacement for Judas in the 12 disciples. So verse 2 says, suddenly there was a sound. Suddenly their meeting was interrupted. Suddenly their gathering was interrupted. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like a roaring of a mighty windstorm and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. I want to tell you that this suddenly that happened to the early church set a pathway forward where these believers, 120 of them, in the upper room were never the same again. Something shifted in their life because Jesus promised this, that when the suddenly happened, that they would receive power, they would receive dunamis power. The word dunamis is where we get the word dynamite from. And so they would receive explosive power in their life 
to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Because we know the Great Commission well, do we not? I mean, if you've hung around living waters any amount of time, you will know that our mission and our vision statement, uh, they're written from the standpoint of the Great Commission where we're told to go into all the world and preach the gospel, to baptise believers in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit and to teach what we've been taught by God to those around us. But Jesus said, you're going to go and do that. He said, but first of all, you have to wait for the promise because you're going to need the promise. And I guess my question to you tonight is the title of my message. What are you doing with your suddenly? What are you doing with the stirring of the Holy Spirit in your life? What are you doing with the fire that's been placed there? You know, the Holy Spirit comes and not only Jesus promises, not only do we receive the fire of the Holy Spirit, but we're filled with boldness to become witnesses. It's our choice to use the boldness we've been given. Because we are shy some days, are we not? No, there's probably days that I don't come across as um, a shy person, but ultimately, really, in life, I'm fairly shy. You know, it's, it's, not, it's not my choice to push myself out there in the spotlight. It, it's not the, the number one choice of my life, but I know that there's been days when I've needed the boldness of the Holy Spirit to overcome that, to fulfill what God wants us to do or what God wants me to do. good example is the time we went to Sri Lanka um, did a missions trip over there. I, I went and saw a pastor who had been there before and I said, you've been there, what should I expect? And he goes, oh, well, you probably need four to six messages. That should probably cover you for your week or your two weeks that you're over there. I thought, great, easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Should be okay because I'm a preacher. Four messages aren't a problem. I mean, this weekend I'm preaching three in the one weekend. And so we get over there and all of a sudden one message went into another message and then went into another message and by the end of the 14 days, we, I, I'd preached 21 times. It was like, my goodness. You know, certainly it was no holiday. I went and drank some really nice tea over there, but it was no holiday going over there. They worked me to the bone. Why did they work me to the bone? Because we were available to do it. We were available. I, I, I just said to them when we got over there, whatever you want me to do, we will do. And I didn't say no once for the whole time we were over there because we were there to minister. We weren't there to holiday, we weren't there to see elephants and we missed out on the elephants because we were a bit busy doing other stuff. Didn't mind missing out on the elephants because there's a white elephant over there that destroys villages and throws people off motorbikes. So when I heard about that, it's like, I will pass on that elephant. See, when the Holy Spirit comes, we're filled with fire, passion, and we're also filled with boldness. So what are we doing with our suddenly? See, there is number two, so number one's the title, number two, the power of a suddenly encounter. You know, there's power that's found in the suddenly encounter. Now, now when we talk about the power of the Holy Spirit, often we refer to it, and I want us to change our focus a little bit about the power that Jesus offered, because often it's like we think about it as the, the power of, you know, to be able to lay hands on the sick and see them recovered. Yes, that's included. The, the power to prophesy and speak in tongues and, and do all the wonderful gifts that the Holy Spirit offers to us. And I say offers to us because Paul says that we need to earnestly desire the best gifts. And so I read that as they're all offered to us. We just need to desire and seek God for it. And, 
And it's like, you know, and so we, we look at that, you know, power to minister, power to speak, power to do this. But I want to tell you that there's a power in the suddenly that's going to change you inside out. Oh, come on, church. Not outside in. I mean, I don't need changing outside in. I need changing inside out. Because when the inside out changes, it changes the core stuff of my life. Not, not the cosmetic stuff, not the tent, the Bible says, but actually changes the heart. You know, I, I had a, a problem in my life when I was a teenager and growing up um, probably, no, it was, it was when I was a teenager where I had a real anger problem. Because honestly, there's anger and then there's rage. You know, my anger problem was bordering on rage and I remember it used to manifest itself in really weird times. Like I remember a time I was playing cricket out at Stanhope and um, I snicked the ball through the keeper first ball, opening the batting, let the team down. And as I'm walking off, the person at square leg said something to me. I took my bat and I threw it at him. And you might say, why did you do that? Because I wanted to kill him. You might say, how did you know where you wanted to kill him? Because I wanted to hit him. <laughs> You know, that, that's a pretty violent act for a little 15-year-old kid to do. You know, and, and there was times in my life where it was like, you know, the, I only ever had one fight at school, but it was a doozy. It was good. In actual fact, that day I had three fights at school on the one day. Mum probably doesn't know this. <laughs> she, she might. I don't know. <laughs> but it was, it was just, I, I, was the, I was, you know, the angry ant saying? I was the angry ant that day. Had a problem in my life. But there was a moment when I was standing on the, the banks of the Compaspe River in a youth group where I had some people, we were all standing in a circle and there was someone there that was ministering to us and they were praying for us and he came and laid his hands on me and the Holy Spirit gave him a word about the anger in my life and where it stemmed from, the very root of it, because anger comes from a root, doesn't just happen, there's a reason we're angry. And you know, as soon as he said it, this thing in me went, that's not right. And I physically said that to him. No, you're wrong. That's not right. And he goes, no, the Holy Spirit has just said this to me. And I want to tell you, I broke. I broke. I broke to the point where, you know kids when they have candlesticks out the nostrils? It was like I'm in the dirt out on the river of the Compassbe and there was just mud in front of me because I bored my eyes out for about half an hour. But you know what? The Holy Spirit encountered me in that moment. The Holy Spirit came. And you know what? Now... I think I'm quite pleasant to be around, aren't I, wifey? Moments. From that moment on, I don't feel like my anger has ever been out of control. You know, I've been angry, you know, and, and I've had times where, where anger's been there, but it's never been to the point where it's been out of control. Why? Because there's power in an encounter with the living God. So let's go to Acts chapter 9. Keep moving, got to watch the time. And say, Pastor Trevor, don't worry about the time. That's right. Acts chapter 9 verses 1 through to 7 says, Meanwhile, Saul was uttering threats with every breath and was eager to kill the Lord's followers. So he, so he went to the high priest. He requested letters addressed to the synagogues in Damascus asking for their cooperation to arrest any followers of the way or Jesus um, he found there. He wanted to bring them, both men and women, back to Jerusalem in chains. Let's just pause there for a moment because we know the Apostle Paul, who we're talking about here, as the person who set up churches all over Minor Asia and that sort of stuff. And, and we, we know he's the person that it's like wrote half the New Testament and that sort of stuff. But before he had the encounter with Jesus, he wasn't a good man. 
Before he had the encounter with God, with the Holy Spirit, with the Father, with Jesus, he was someone, the Bible says, not only did he breathe threats against the church with every breath, he went out of his way to fulfill that. In actual fact, he went to the high priest, which is an interesting person to go to when you're wanting to kill someone who's a Christian, He requested letters addressed to the synagogues in Damascus asking for their cooperation in the arrest of any followers of Jesus that he found there. And so here he is, Saul, or later known as the Apostle Paul, was this man that his whole heart was bent on pulling the church apart. Verse 3, as he was approaching Damascus on his mission, a light from heaven suddenly shone around him. See, he's going to Damascus and suddenly he's stopped in his tracks. Suddenly he has an encounter with God. And this encounter with God takes him to a new vocation in life, takes him to a new position in life, all because of an encounter with God. Verse 4, he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. And the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Now get up and go to the city and you will be told what you must do. The men with Saul stood speechless for they heard the sound of someone's voice but saw no one. See, there is a power in the encounter and not just the power that we often talk about at Pentecost for that ministry power, there is that power to change our hearts from the inside out. If you've got issues in your life, it starts with the inside out. It doesn't start with changing behaviour, it actually starts with changing heart. So Saul has this dramatic encounter and this dramatic encounter sets him on a new mission in life. But number three, not every suddenly is so dramatic because sometimes when we talk about the Holy Spirit, we want boom. It's the dramatic. But I want to tell you, not every encounter, not every suddenly is so dramatic. Let's go to Acts chapter 10, verse 9. Now, there was a believer in Damascus named Ananias, and the Lord spoke to him in a vision calling Ananias. Yes, Lord, he replied. Let's just pause there because it doesn't use the word suddenly, but Ananias is just minding his own business. I don't know what he was doing that day. He's probably packing the dishwasher. He might be mowing the lawn. He he might have been pruning his roses. He might have been vacuuming. He might have been at work, sitting at his desk, doing whatever he was doing in his vocation. But all of a sudden, suddenly, Jesus speaks to him. Suddenly, God speaks to him. Suddenly, Father, Son, Holy Spirit is having this conversation with this man. The Lord said, verse 11, Go over to Straight Street to the house of Judas. When you get there, ask for a man from Tardis named Saul. He's praying to me right now. I've shown him a vision, I've shown him a vision of a man named Ananias coming in and laying hands on him so he can see again. Not that dramatic, really. All of a sudden, it's like the Holy Spirit comes upon him and he hears the voice of God. And the voice of God says, what you've got to do is you've got to go to Straight Street because there's a man there named Saul. He didn't get knocked off his horse. The room didn't shake. 
There wasn't a blowing mighty wind. There wasn't tongues of fire on his head, but God was present. Verse 13, but Lord, he uh, exclaimed Ananias, I've heard many people talk about the terrible things this man has done to all the believers in Jerusalem. I think Ananias has a right to be scared because he has been commissioned to kill believers. Now, can you imagine that conversation? Hello, Judas, I hear in your house you have a man called Saul from Tardis. I'm a believer of Jesus Christ. I'm here to pray for him. Talk about being thrown in the lion's den. Talk about confronting fear. Talk about getting to that point where it's like, well, what are you going to do with your suddenly, Ananias? Are you going to run from your suddenly? Are you going to excuse your suddenly away? Is it going to become a problem where it's too hard, too much fear, too this, too that? No, he just says, well, okay, I don't like this, but I'm going to go. Verse 14, and he has authorized by the leading priest to arrest anyone who calls upon your name. See, Ananias knew what he was getting into, but he had to act on his suddenly because he understood that it was a mission from God, to quote Blues Brothers. Verse 15, but the Lord said, go to Saul, my chosen, uh, sorry, <laughs> sorry, I'm going to read that again and put the comma where it should be. But the Lord said, go, for Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and to kings, as well as to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. So Ananias went and found Saul as he laid um, he laid his hands on him and said, Brother Saul, he's already calling him brother at this point. There was a change happened in Ananias' heart. He went from being filled with fear to being filled with confidence. Why? Because he had a suddenly with God. All of a sudden he's saying, well, okay, brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road has sent me so you might regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Instantly something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he regained his sight. Then he got up and was baptized. Afterwards he ate food and regained his strength. Saul stayed with the believers in Damascus for a few days. See, not every suddenly comes with wind, fire, but it always comes with his presence. In actual fact, I think whenever, whenever we tune into the presence of the Holy Spirit, there's a suddenly waiting for us. So number four, very good. I haven't got numbers tonight. The reason I don't have numbers is because when I put numbers in and then hit enter, my one becomes a one and my next point still becomes one. So I just write points. And that way when Pastor Chloe goes, I thought you said not too many points. I just I don't know how many I had. I didn't number them just in case. Your response to a suddenly can lead to seeing Jesus. <laughs> can I encourage you that your response to the suddenly will open your eyes to who Jesus is? Let's go right back to Luke chapter 2. Pentecost, Pastor, why are we talking about Christmas? Because there was a suddenly in this verse that caught my attention. Luke chapter 2 verse 7 she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. That night, while shepherds were staying, while shepherds staying in the field nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep, suddenly, verse 9, suddenly the angel of the Lord appeared among them and the radiance of God's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel 
But the angel reassured them, Do not be afraid, he said. I bring good news that will be great joy to all people. The Saviour, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby snugly, uh, wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast uh, host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heavens and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angel had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the, shepherd told, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished, but Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had seen and heard. It was just as the angel had told them. See, all of a sudden, they're just watching their sheep at night, and suddenly the presence of God appears. Suddenly there's a message that comes. Suddenly, and this suddenly directly allowed the shepherds to see Jesus. I don't know whether you understand the privilege of that position. And the Bible doesn't really lay out the timeline fully about who saw Jesus first. But my reading of Luke, we could read it this way, that Mary and Joseph saw Jesus, then the shepherds saw Jesus early in the piece. He was still a baby. He was still in the manger at the time. So this was very early in the piece. And I want to tell you... I. Honestly, church, if, if I want to jump on something, I want to jump on it early. I mean, everyone's talking about cryptocurrency these days. It's like, you know, oh, crypto, crypto, this. I mean, that, it's been around for years. I remember having a conversation with my sister about it, how many years ago, it would have been five, six years ago, she was wanting to try and invest in some cryptocurrency. And I say, I, my heart was, well, it's probably going to skyrocket at some stage, but at that point it was the currency of the dark web. And so I didn't want to be involved in it personally because I didn't want to attach myself to that. And so I'm still glad I never did, but, you know, I'm missing out as far as money goes because that thing went through the roof from that day on. Now, I remember years ago I, I just had this little nudge in my spirit that I should go and buy some gold. I should invest in gold and I ignored it. And that was when the gold was like $780 an ounce. Now what is, what is about $2,800 uh, or something, somewhere around there, just lying just under two. Yeah, oh, Australian, I don't know what US is. La last time I looked, it was 2700 and something Australian dollars per ounce. And I don't look too often because I think I should have brought when I, back in those days. See, if you're going to jump on something, you need to jump in early. See, the suddenlies will get you in the front row. The suddenlies will get you in the front row of what God wants, you, want, wants to do. So your suddenly will actually allow you to see Jesus in a new light. Point number five, suddenly everything can change. I am so glad that things change when God shows up. That's why we do what we do. Don't have time to look at it tonight, but you can look at um, Acts chapter 16 from verses uh, 16 through to 34. 
to get the whole context of what I'm about to share. Because it was a time when Paul and Silas were in the marketplace and there was a girl walking around beside them and saying, these are the servants of the Most High God, blah, 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 that for days. And in the end, Saul got sick of it and so he cast the demon out of her and the demon left because this girl was being used by men so that, they, so that she could divine the future and so she could see into the future by evil spirits. And so Paul actually upset that. And what happened was the people, when they realized that their source of income had been taken away, they beat Paul and they threw him in prison. They didn't like what had happened. Verse uh, 23, we'll go from there. They were severely beaten and then they were thrown into prison. The jailer ordered to make sure they didn't escape. So the jailer put them in the inner dungeon and clamped, the feet in, uh, clamped their feet in stocks. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. The other prisoners were listening. Verse 26, suddenly there was another massive earthquake. See, a suddenly can change your situation. Honestly, Paul went from being oppressed. So Paul and Silas are in the deepest part of the prison. Their feet in stocks. They'd been severely beaten. But they're just singing. They're just singing. They're just praising. And suddenly the earthquake was back again. Suddenly the earthquake was back and their position changed because what happened was, we'll keep reading, suddenly there was a massive earthquake and the prison was shaken to its foundation. All the doors immediately flew open and chains fell off um, every prisoner. Oh, sorry, the, the chains of every prisoner fell off. Just pause there for a moment. I want to tell you, if our prisons all of a sudden, there was doors open and there was a avenue for escape, I can guarantee our prisoners would escape. Not all of them. Some of them would. Some of them would go, God bless you. Thank you, Jesus. Let's escape. Had enough of this. You know how I know that some would at least escape? Because some of them are planning to escape even without prison doors open. Verse 28. Just remember that. Opportunity to escape. The jailer woke up and to see prison doors opened wide. He assumed the prisoners had escaped, so he drew his sword to kill himself. But Paul shouted to him, Stop! Do not kill yourself. We are all here. Miracle. Miracle when you think about it. The jailer called for lights and ran to the dungeon and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. He brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? See, your suddenly will open the eyes of others around you to their need of salvation. He replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you'll be saved, along with everyone in your household. See, we complicate the gospel, do we not? I reckon Paul's gospel plan is really quite sweet. Just believe. And you might say, but Pastor Trevor, I have all these problems. Well, just believe. You don't understand where I've been. Just believe. You don't understand this heart of mine. Just believe. Just keep believing and he will open the door to many suddenlies. Many suddenlies. The end of that story basically goes something like this. The jailer was so amazed that he brought Paul and Silas into his own house and he cared for their wounds, some of the wounds he had inflicted. And so Paul and Silas were punished, and their jailer went from persecutor to protector. 
So just in closing tonight, and if I can get... Oh, she's there, Pastor Chloe, to come back. Actually, I might get all the musos to come back. It would be great. I looked over here, and there was a gap. There was a parting of the way. So the last suddenly I want to talk about is a really important one, and that is the suddenly that is still to come. Because there's still another suddenly to come. There's still another suddenly. If we go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, we'll read just briefly about this suddenly. So this is 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 1 through to 3. It says, now concerning how and when all this will happen. You might say, or what will happen. Context is important. The second coming of Jesus Christ is what is being spoken about here. So now concerning how and when all this will happen, dear brothers and sisters, we do not, we do not really need to write to you. For you know quite well that the day of the Lord's return will come unexpectedly like a thief in the night. When people are saying everything is peaceful and secure, then disaster will fall on them. And suddenly as pregnant as a pregnant woman's labor pains begin, there will be no escape. See, there's a suddenly that is still to come. And this suddenly that is still to come is all about the time when we see Jesus face to face for the first time without the veil of flesh. You might say, well, how can I be secure in that moment? Listen to the words of Paul, just believe. Because when we believe, God creates the suddenly moment in our life. Paul uses The Apostle Paul uses the analogy here of a pregnant woman. I, I want to tell you, I've been through four labours, didn't get that personal experience about the labour, but I was in the room. I was there when my wife said to me, I think the baby's coming. It's like, well, we're not ready. Let's reschedule. Baby, let's take a rain check on this. Why don't you come in a couple of years when we're a little bit more prepared? I want to tell you, my experience through being in a labour ward is ready or not, that baby's coming. Sort of like that game of hide and seek when you're a kid. I was brought up in the age where you basically had to be home by the time the lights came on at night. I was brought up in that age and, and we used to have these grand games, especially in summer, of um, chasey, basically. And there'd be that person counting to 100. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, and you get to 100. Coming, ready, or not. Jesus isn't playing a game of chasey with us. There is a point where he's going to go, I'm coming whether you're ready or not. I'm coming whether you're ready or not. And you might say, but, but Jesus, uh, just, just let me. Just allow me. No, he's coming whether we're ready or not. So our choice is this. What are we going to do with our current suddenly? Because what we do with our current suddenly will prepare us for the suddenly to come. So let's all stand up tonight. Because the conclusion is this. Is there are many suddenlies in life. There is the suddenly of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. There is the suddenly of different encounters. There's the suddenlies when we feel like we're trapped in a prison and we've been beaten to a pulp and suddenly can happen. There is the suddenlies that are a little bit more subtle and there's no earthquake, but it's still a suddenly. It still affects those around us. So in conclusion, I guess the choice is this, the choice of what the jailer says. Well, what must I do? Can I encourage you to be ready and responsive to the suddenlies that come your way? Because I can guarantee they're there. It's just whether we hear them or not. I can guarantee that God is speaking. It's just whether we're listening.
And so God's suddenlies are all around us. Last month, we, our mission's focus for the month was Destiny Rescue. And um, God gave me a suddenly in life one day where it was like I was talking with some friends of mine in Mildura and they were great Destiny Rescue supporters. And Tony Kerwin, Irwin, Irwin, who runs, who set up Destiny Rescue, he was the guy, remember when she was talking about Destiny Rescue, I think, she's, and the person was in the restaurant? That, that's Tony. And, and, you know, it was like there was a stirring in my heart that I needed to connect with these guys in a deeper way. Why? Because there was a suddenly in my, in, in my life where the Holy Spirit highlighted to me of what an affront it is to the gospel that people are still in slavery this day. Now, it, it, it hit me. It was like a slap up the side of the face where it was like, and, and then the more research I did, the worse it got. I started to research and I started to see about the times when young girls are transported to Sydney to work in brothels, captured. You know, I, I did more research and it was like, you know, those times when, when girls are, you know, in Europe are, are promised jobs and so they leave their family going to think they're going to an office job. And then what happens is they end up in a life of prostitution because they're stolen from their existence. And this just, it hit me. I don't know whether it was because I have a beautiful daughter myself who would have been around the same age or when, when all this was happening. And, and I thought to myself, it was a suddenly moment. And from that moment on, I want to tell you, I love Destiny Rescue. I love the work they do, and I know there's lots of organizations out there, but I just love the work they're doing and the way they do it. It was a suddenly moment, but we have a choice what we do with that suddenly moment. We can just ignore it. Now you might say, well, Pastor Trevor, maybe you should go and join them. No, that wasn't the moment. The moment was this, is that I needed to bring awareness and I needed to, to, to support in the way I could while I was doing the other work that I felt Jesus had called me to. So our response, our choice is this, what are we going to do with the suddenness? So just while every eye is closed, Holy Spirit, I, I pray at the beginning of this Pentecost weekend, Lord, that you would stir our hearts. Lord, that we would not get tricked and fooled, Lord, into that thinking that every suddenly moment with you comes with earthquakes and shaking. Lord, but sometimes it comes with just a still, small voice. So I pray we'll be quiet enough in our heart and our spirit to be able to hear the still, small voice above the clatter and the crowd. Lord, that we will be responsive, Lord, to your call, to your voice. And we will respond to the suddenlies in a way that will bring honor to the Father. In your wonderful name, amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast from Living Waters Church, Kyabram. Don't forget, you can find us at www.lwkyabram.com.